This is the pain train Preston Quinn, one half of the Extreme Horseman. And when I want to hear music and entertainment, I come right here. You're listening to On the Fly with Stevie and Warden. You are listening to On the Fly. What's up, guys? On the fly, back again. And today, you wonder where my regular co-host Warden is. Well, we gave him a little vacation today. No, seriously, Warden had to work. This interview was, you know, the Mr. Blackouts uh, got a little time difference, five hours ahead, and uh, we had to have a, a, a replacement. So I picked one half of the Extreme Horsemen. The pain train, Preston Quinn, straight out of Virginia. He's with us today to help with the interview. With us today is our very, very special guest, a legendary band, legendary UK band, legendary band of the 80s, uh, the Tiger Tales. And our guest today is drummer Matthew Blackout. Welcome to the show, sir. Very kind of you to have me on. Um, great to see you guys. I'm looking forward to all your questions and uh, having a good chat about the legendary uh, British glam rock band Tiger Tales that I've been a proud part of uh, pretty much as long as anybody else. So I've been a member of the band as much as long as probably uh, Jay Pepper, the original member. So, yeah, bring it on. All right. So, Preston, you want to take take it? Come on, well, I, want, I wanted to start by showing my uh, <laughs> I've got my Your piece tiger made. tails on. <laughs> yeah, awesome. And you can see behind I, him, uh, his, uh, his vinyl collection behind. Yes, him. I've got yeah. I've got knives, berserk, yeah, young and crazy and was bones. Unfortunately, that's the only ones I have on vinyl so far. I'm trying to get the others. But I've got the others yeah. on CD. But uh, I wanted to start yeah, with. Okay. Um, you you started with the band after you came uh you came from City Kids that you were drumming well, for City, City Kids. Kids. I know there's a delay. I'm I'm sorry. That's okay. Okay. Uh, uh you started with Tiger Tales in 2005. Uh, a little bit later. Okay. And what was that? What was that for you? Were you still playing for City Kids when they contacted you? Uh, no, so I can't even remember when City Kids sort of ended, really. I think, oh, okay. it, I think it was about uh 95 96. So they moved on, they changed their name, they become they tried to move with the the music at the time because the grunge thing was quite heavy Nirvana and Pearl Jam, those kind of bands. Um, so they tried to move with that, which is absolutely fine and their choice. But I, I was gone from them before then. Um, they kind of, uh, City Kids was a band that tried to reinvent itself and stay with the times. Um, Mikey Evans was the leader of that band, really, uh, from nearly start to finish. But he wasn't the original singer, but he was certainly a, the, the, he became the band. Uh, Mikey runs, of course, I don't know if you've heard of it, the UK Steelhouse Festival in Wales, the highest festival in the uh -huh. UK 
on top of the mountain there. So he runs that with another guy, uh, Max, who's also musical past I share. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think it was about 95, 96 that that sort of came to an end for me. Okay. Um, I went through a few uh, sort of, uh, well, the music scene had changed so much then yeah. uh, that my involvement with it sort of diminished. Uh, my personal life sort of changed. I, I moved, um, I lived with Mikey then and I moved away. Um, and then I came onto the radar. Well, at that time when City Kids were together, we we were very close to Tiger Tales. We played football with them on a Sunday. Uh, Jay Pepper was a massive football fan. I don't know if you know that. Um, Pepsi used to play, but not a big football fan. <laughs> but but he would play, uh, and we would make up a team together, and, and we would play each other, and sometimes other teams. Um, I'm not a big football fan. So, it's soccer in the UK, of course. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not a, it's not the, the 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 type of you guys play over there, which is probably much better than ours. But um, <laughs> yeah, so so we we became quite close, and even with Kim Hooker, we became the three of us. Uh, Kim, myself, and Mikey became quite close friends for for quite a, a year or so. Uh, we knocked about together uh, while Tiger Tales was then Wasbones, of course. Um, they got they'd moved along out of the Tiger Tales name into Wasbones, and then they. Uh, well, um, you guys probably know this better than I do, really. Uh, obviously, the Wasbone album came out. The band changed again, moving along with the times. Uh, so, uh, so my involvement to answer your question, there, Preston, uh, I I bumped into um, Kim Hooker at a, a a festival in the UK, and I hadn't seen him for some time. Uh, obviously, you know, a few good few years, and the band had reformed. Then they got back together. They had a drummer. Um, and I mentioned in our conversations, we bumped into each other over the weekend because we were there. Uh, I said, look, if you need someone, I'd be happy to step in. And I'd just come back from L.A. Uh, not so long before then. So I'd sort of done some bits and jammed with uh, the likes of Gilby Clark from Guns N' Roses, um, CeCe DeVille, um, some guys who hung out in L.A. Uh, at the time. Um, so... I was keen to get sort of back into things, really. Um, so I bumped into him. Uh, he gave me his number. I gave him my number. I rung him. Then the follow-up a couple of months later, it was about something else, I think, just to have a conversation with him. Um, and then I found out that uh, he had... Um, anyway, he changed his phone or something. So, uh, but then I, I had contact with Jay Pepper and told Jay that I'd be interested. And then Jay was the one who instigated me coming into the band then. So that's that's the the edited version of how I came into the band. I I I was just I didn't audition. I was just asked to come down and play and meet everyone and reconnect. And of course, it was the original lineup by myself. Um, so that's that's how uh, I came to be in the band. And I think it was two thousand and six, late two thousand six, because uh, it was very cold. I remember when I auditioned. So I, yeah. I would say it was probably November December time. Okay. As a drummer, what 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 was it that make you made you want to take up drumming? Who are, who were your influences? I mean, it, what made you want to pick up the sticks? Well, it's such an open question. I'll try and keep it short. I don't know what time we have, but um, so where in the mid seven late seventy seventy seven seventy eight, there was a, a movement in the UK very similar to your. Um, 
uh, core drum core kind of thing, uh, which was jazz bands. Uh, every every town had two or three marching jump uh, uh, bands. Right. The, the, and the only instrument they had, the, the ladies had uh, kazoos. I don't know if you know what that is. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, the, they had a drum corps in the back. So I, I uh, joined the drum corps, and I was about ten years old then. The drums were so big, it made my legs ache. And I <laughs> marching with this drum, and I used to come on with big bruises on my legs. And um, so that was with my sister. Would you believe she was a, a, a majorette? I guess you call it. Right. And uh, so she led, and I was in the back uh, doing the drums. And then I did that for many years until I kind of became. A bit older and didn't want to really do that because it was a bit uncool um but then my i had a health bit of a health scare when i was a kid and my parents said to me you know you you will buy you something what what do you want so i was in hospital for some, quite some time so they i said i want a set of drums so um i bought <laughs> they bought me a, a set of drums 50 pounds uh back then an old broadway kit and it was it was it was 19 i think it was in 82 because I had made and just released Run to the Hills. Oh, yeah. And I went to see this drum kit and this guy was trying to play Run to the Hills. Bear in mind, I've never played a drum kit in my life. And I got on it and I said, I think it goes like this. And I played it. And he was like, wow, oh, I've been trying to do that. <laughs> and, he, and I never played a proper drum or a full drum kit ever until that moment. But And I, I got it. So I bought the drum kit and then the rest is history. Played ever since. Uh, annoyed so many neighbors, you know, lost so many friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay, it's all good. Um, so yeah, I, I love drumming, it's a great passion in my life. And um, I, I couldn't be a musician, so I became a drummer. I got you. <laughs> um, when, when you first when, when you first became an official drummer of Tiger Tales, were you playing the uh, the big festivals at that moment at that time with White Snake and Twisted Sister? Yeah, we did. Um, it was a funny thing in 2007, I think it was, that we did those big festivals. We we sort of came back and we were offered those things at the same time. The Twisted Sister and House of Lords and um, a few other bands. They it was their first shows in Europe outside of America. I remember speaking to um, uh, Marco Mark Mendoza from Twisted Sister and saying to him about it. And it was one of their first shows that they did, not just out, out in America ever, you know, when they, when they reformed. Right. Uh, um, and I said to him about um, the money situation. I said, so, uh, what, you, you know, you guys must have been okay. You know, why you, why do you, is it a financial thing or, and he said, he said that they were in control of everything. So that every money, every penny they made went back into the band. And whereas before, I think they. I think you know they came out. Of, they came out of their successful period with not a lot. I mean, if you read D. Snyder's book, it, it pretty much tells you they came out yeah. with nothing. They had nothing. Yeah. Um, but they. They have obviously because they were completely in control of everything on the reformation. They. Um, they control all the money, so uh, they they did it right the second time, of course. And House of Lords, it was their, one of their first shows when we played with them, and then we went on to do a European tour with them after that gig um after that festival uh so yeah it was it was a case of a lot of those bands were sort of coming together we did i mean god we did um so many big festivals we did sweden rock with um i think it was uh the headline was deep purple i think at the time 
Um, Wasp were one of the headline bands because they were massive in Europe. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of bands on those bills. Um, we did um, uh, Gods of Metal in Italy with um, uh, Motley Crue, Scorpions, Thin Lizzy, uh, Velt Revolver. Um, so we watched all of those bands side stage. Um, just fantastic fantastic experience for us and amazing times yeah it's if it if i died tomorrow uh career-wise that would be the pinnacle of what you could achieve or anyone could achieve within music and of course we did those things uh that tiger tails never had the option or never were invited to do back in the day in in the late 80s 90s they never had the, those opportunities for whatever reason i don't know uh, they went they did a, a, a promo in america in, for the um uh concrete uh foundation in los angeles i think they did it and of course they recorded the original was bones in los angeles but they never they never had an opportunity to go out there and play uh yeah. and they they did actually it was being lined up at the time um uh east to west tour in in the usa uh when the was bones album was being completed but of course the the, the label went through in over over canned so uh, yeah, f fantastic times of doing those festivals, and we, we, the, the three amigos, and of course the last uh, big festival or even show we did with uh, Pepsi was Gods of Metal in Italy. So he had a he had a great one to finish on for sure. Yeah. What would you talk a bit about I'm Pepsi? Sorry. What was it like playing with Pepsi? I mean, how how what kind of guy <laughs> was he? Yeah, I mean, he was a real character. He was just he was just huge. He, he was. Uh, in physical form and uh whenever you were in front of him he was uh, his, his his outlook on life was just amazing you know he was just um i, I was lucky enough to uh, be with him when he was well uh, we did sweden rock and he was he was he, he was old big old boy i mean the boy is, is his nickname within the band uh, and uh, they called him the big old boy because he was a big old boy um of course, his father was Ray Smith, a famous TV actor in the UK, and he was a big chap as well. Uh, but yeah, Pepsi was a—he was a—he was a force of nature, a real creative guy, very super intelligent guy, very much understood the Tiger Tales brand and what the brand should represent and what the, the band stood for. That we've hopefully carried on to this day, and you know we're doing we're doing the right thing by his name. So. Yeah, just just fantastic, really. Such a it's such a huge loss. I cried. I never, I never really, I've never really cried when you lose people and people die. I'm very, you know, pragmatic about that. But uh, the boy, Pepsi, at his age and the time he went, and just when we were beginning on the journey again, uh, he um, sadly we lost him. But uh, yeah, just just incredible. All those things you hear about him are true. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now. Uh, both of us involved in in entertainment. Do you find it easier? I know for for me, I find it easier to perform in front of larger crowds than smaller ones. Is that the case for you also? I think um, I think bigger crowds and big festivals. Uh, people always say, you know, what what is that like? But you know, when you're on a roller coaster and you you're going up, it's pulling you right up. And then you flatten out, and then you're just about to, you know what's going to come. You're just about to fall, however many feet at very high speed. Well, big festivals are like that fall, but for the duration of the gig, you know, it yes. doesn't last ten seconds. It lasts for 
45 an hour. So it's that that is what it's like. Um, so those big festivals are like that. But the smaller gigs, yeah, sure. You know, I mean, <laughs> you try not to play so many smaller gigs. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, obviously, they don't don't let anyone mislead you. They would rather be playing in front of 70,000 people. Than yeah. 70, <laughs> yeah, no uh, doubt. Yeah. People say, oh, yeah, but you can see the whites in their eyes. It's very intimate. It's like, I love that. That's just that's absolutely nonsense. Um, <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> you know, don't let anyone kid you on that one. But uh, smaller, yeah, I mean, club gigs are great great fun in that you can take the opportunity to actually meet people afterwards. And it's a bit more of a, uh, it's a bit more of a community spirit because especially in the UK, you do tend to see, see faces you recognize and people you know, especially with Facebook these days. Uh, the community of people that interact with you, you you just get to know them. You can't help that. Um, so uh, club venues to give you the opportunity to do that, whereas festivals don't, you know. So, um, you know, there's, there's pros and cons. But for performance-wise, 70,000 over 70, definitely every day. Yep. How – you talk about playing in front of small crowds. How – and, I mean, I know it affected everybody – how bad did COVID affect you guys? I mean, did that kind of sidetrack what you guys are doing, getting ready to do now? How bad did that affect you guys? Well, uh, well, it wiped it out really. There was no in the UK. There were there were no clubs to play in. It was clo- everything. You know, the UK was closed. Um, but uh, since then, since the the club thing has opened up, tours seem to be doing really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, bands seem to be coming back. People. People who probably, it, it, I think it's um, it's reinvigorated things. Just like the, uh, just like uh, you know, the the grunge thing sort of killed off and gave it all a clean clean sweep. I think COVID has done that to a degree, and I think people are keen and, and they want to get back out there and perform, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. And also crowds, I think, want to get back out there and see and do and live their lives really, because yeah. for two years people did very little and were cooped up and. You know, listen to the news and we're very depressed. You know, yeah. uh, not that the news is great now, but it's, uh, I think <laughs> no, people, it's never good. <laughs> people just want to get out there and have some fun, you know. And uh, I think Tiger Tales, uh, sort of, um, we 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 fly that banner and we fly that flag of, you know, let, let it out, you know, get get yourself, get your, be- your best clothes on or you, your clothes you feel the best in and just get out there and have some fun, you know. Um, you know, the don't get me wrong, audiences seem to be getting older. Uh, we're all getting older, of course. But um, I think they definitely more appreciative since COVID that uh, festivals seem to be doing well. Tickets seem to be selling well. A lot of lot of club shows are selling out, you know. So, yeah, uh, I think it's a bit different than the, U- than the U.S., you know. I think the U.S. Uh, is struggling on, on the live scene and has been for some years, you know, especially especially with those 80s bands, you know. Um, but the I mean a lot of those 80s bands kept coming over here I mean the the likes of Jizzy Pearl is touring over here I see it already you know Um, all those bands that couldn't probably get arrested in America come over here (laughs) Pretty Boy Floyd you know Uh, they they tour tour over here all the time so um, which is fantastic you go where your audience is absolutely fantastic Great, yeah, we, we can't uh, we can never get Man of War back over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no, one of the bands have never seen Man of War, but uh, yeah, it's uh, <sighs> you know, it's great that they, they they are all still around, and I think more of those like Winger are coming over here um, in May, so 
uh, Skid Row have been over your touring, so yeah. you know it's great to see all those bands. Uh, maybe we're a little blessed because we, we were always very jealous of America. So they seem to get all the great tours and all the bands, uh, but now we, we you know, we, we seem to get a bit of it. Um, not not for the glory days, but a bit of it is great. Before yeah. before pressing, before I let you ask another question, I before I forget and you know old minds start to forget things, I'll just talk about rock is dead. I mean, you just talked about Skid Row, uh, Winger, uh, all these bands like that. Do you think rock is dead? I mean, nope. I think it's. A, I think you need to understand the statement and where the statement comes from. Um, and it's difficult to argue with Mr. Simmons in regards to his perception of uh, rock is dead. I think. I think what he means. I think he's trying to be kind in a way by saying that without support, without music industry. Um, without the financial um, investment into rock music, then it's not going to go anywhere, you know. Right. And he's right; he's right in that regard. I mean, when you say, when you say, he, obviously he loves the headline, and that's a headline, isn't it? Yeah. Um, rock isn't dead; it, it, it survives in the underground of, of people like you and I, uh, keeping it alive, you know. But with regards to future bands, there's a lot of big, a lot of bands in the UK. They're playing in front of thousands of people, but, but no one will sign them. There's very little music uh, support here with regards to rock. There's radio stations don't play it. Um, you know, you don't see it on the television. You, you just don't see it anyway, yeah. um, apart from in the clubs. And I think that, that that statement has been born out of the lack of support for, for rock music in general. So, yeah, he, he is right. But it, you are, you've got to understand, I think, where that perception or where that statement comes from, really. I was my daughter. She's nineteen. Well, about to turn nineteen. I was explaining to her. She's big time retro. She listens to all the stuff I do. Awesome. And I was explaining her to her the other day about, you know, back in the day, the albums, cassettes, and CD sales. That was what the artists went by. Now they had to go by what they make up a tour. And yeah, you know, that's why all these guys are out there touring. I mean, it's 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 not any money out there and to put out a record. Yeah, like not like it used to be. Yeah, so I mean, you can record a record, um, and Jay Jay will always champion this. You can record it, great. You can do it in a studio for for a couple of well, very little money, but without that financial support, especially these days with the yeah. media outlets, Facebook, um, Google Ads, and all those kind of stuff, without that support to get it, people to listen to it or get it in front of people, you can make the best record in the world, and no one's going to hear it. So, you know, you need to be a bit clever with the budget that you have. I think we, we try and do that, maximize the little that we have to get us a foothold and get in front of people. I mean, when we play these festivals, we could deliver the goods. We, you put us in front of a crowd and people will remember us, you know, and they'll be singing the songs at the end of that show, you know, and they'll, they'll, and they'll think, wow, you know, I never realized the, the songs that they had or this band was... I wouldn't say good because that's, you know, that's up to the ear of the listener. But, um, uh, you know, they'll enjoy it, you know. And I think you put us in the front of a crowd, we could deliver the goods or come away with smiling faces. Um, so it's just having that opportunity to get in front of people. And everyone's fighting for that at every level, you know, whether you're Europe, White Snake, or whatever it is. Everybody's fighting to get in front of as many people as they can, you know. Yeah. We're lucky because we have a core audience, a core fan base that gives us opportunities by 
you know, by supporting us, buying T-shirts. You know, the, it, it, those things are so make a huge difference to every band. People who buy T-shirts, buy the self-finance CDs, and all those things. But we don't cut corners. If you look at that T-shirt press, and you'll see there's multicolors in it. We don't yep. like, we don't really just black and white T-shirts right. for twenty five dollars. You know, we will give quality every time. You know, because and it's got a graphic on the back too. Absolutely, we are about quality, and we want people to think that we don't we're not cheapskates you look at the you you look at the blast cd how much did it cost to, to create that cover oh uh, it's it's multi it's yeah. it folds over itself when you open it that, yeah that's because, that's because you open up berserk and you think wow this is it's like opening up a kiss alive too you're like wow yeah you know, yeah. yeah this is a band i want to be this is it this is a band and this and th this is a point that i would make as well there are no rock stars now you know there's no people are just people are in bands they perform in bands and they you know you walk down the street and no one will know who you are uh and maybe yeah. people want that but you know when i was a kid i i looked up to the I posters on my wall this is what a band should look like you know uh and target sellers always try to retain that you know you gotta you gotta look like a band you know so yeah. now have you guys uh, at Tiger Tales over their career have put out almost, uh, I count nine full-length studio albums. Okay. I know you came in a little ways into it. Uh, if you could have been there for or the ones that you've already been a part of, which one did you enjoy most being a part of or would you have enjoyed most being a part of given you've played all the songs you know, live? Okay, yes, that's a great question, by the way. Uh, something I've never thought of or considered. Um, I think, I mean, out of the albums that I've done, I think um, the most enjoyable to make was uh, probably Blast, really, um, because we have our own studio set up. Uh, it's the song, you know, the I push myself regards to playing wise to to do as best I can be. I felt comfortable about the studio. A lot of, a lot of, when you, I mean, I've played with different people over the years and a lot, the, th the thing that brings out the best performance in me is to be comfortable, uh, to, to be confident in what I'm doing. And Blast, I felt that way about recording that album. Um, I mean, other albums are memorable for different reasons. Obviously doing Thrill Pistol, with Pepsi was the last recording that he did. And that was a real challenge to get him in and out of hospital to finish the album. Mm -hmm. um, and, and again, that was my first studio record. Well, first full length studio record with the band. I did a, I did a few bits and bobs on Berserk 2.0, but um, so that was my first experience. Uh, not a great, not a great way to start really, but we got through it um, and we made a great record, but uh, um, I mean, I suppose your question is what I what I wanted to be involved with Berserk initially, originally. Um, so I was 19 then when they recorded that album in 89, the beginning of 89, I think they started doing it. Um, I, I, it's, that's a real difficult thing to answer because if I, if I say yes and I was involved with it, <laughs> would that have meant that I wasn't involved when they reformed and we had all those fantastic experiences later on? Right. So... You know, it's um, uh, it, it would be interesting to hear what I could have done with the songs. I think because um, yeah, yeah. uh, it's such an iconic record. 
Um, would I have liked to have been there from the beginning? I'm a little bit younger than the band were, you know. So I mean, it's four or five years difference with myself. And when you when you're 19, 20, four or five years can make a big difference yeah. um, in your approach and your maturity. I probably wasn't ready as a player then. Uh, I probably would have I would have been okay. I would have done it and pulled it off. But uh, you know, I, I'm glad the part I played in the albums I made. So I hope that answered your question. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I told uh, Steve when, you know, he said that you were getting these guys. I said, the one, the, if you're going to listen to any one album, it was, for me, it was Berserk. That was just, sure. there's not a single song that I do not, that I want to skip at all. And, and it, it's just a, a masterpiece of metal for me. And um, I, I enjoy yeah, everything okay. that Tiger Tales has put out because there's something about you guys. And, and I, I yeah, I admit that I did not, when I was originally a fan of metal in the 80s, um, I didn't know Tiger Tales. I knew of the name, but never listened to it. We didn't have the internet, you know, anything then. Right. Yeah. And then this resurgence of metal that has happened over on your side of the pond. Uh, I've been very yeah. involved in listening to a lot of the bands over there. And I, I discovered you guys probably about six years ago and something about the sound of tiger tales, no matter who the singer was, what the lineup was, there's something that always vibed with me. And it, it was just, I don't know. I, I can't even explain it. It just, you can hear that you guys enjoy what you're doing yeah. and you're having fun doing it. And you, it really comes across in the music. Well, that's, that's the greatest compliment that anyone could ever play, uh, pay to the band really, but you're absolutely right. And it comes down to quality. The band, you know, as high standards, uh, Jay Pepper has high standards within the band and high standards of all of us. And that that can be sometimes why, why you know, the band needs to change members, you know. Um, but uh, I think we we are very proud of, I'm very proud of everything we've done, you know, absolutely. There's not a single song I would say, oh, God, you know, that's, oh, dear. But no, everything, absolutely fantastic. And Preston, that's awesome. I appreciate you telling me that. All right. I'm a huge, you can tell, I'm a huge Kiss fan. I have been since I was like five. Yeah, who isn't? Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're not, you should be. Uh, you are, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, you see it playing in the background, too. Uh, yeah. The Kiss Cruise that you guys went on in 2014. First of all, yeah. how did it come about? And then what was it like on that Kiss Cruise? Uh, well, we played with Kiss before then. We did okay. um, Cabita Sonique Festival in Spain. And I think, pff, well, when was that? God, uh, 2009, 2010, maybe. Okay. So uh, we did that. We did a massive festival in Spain with Kiss. Now, uh, they, we, we met with them and spoke with them. And I'll tell you a funny story, actually. We were at that festival and um chris sangarides who produced berserk he's produced albums by major major bands he did judas priest painkiller uh thin lizzy albums gary moore albums he's a major major um he, he was a major producer in the rock music scene in the uk well worldwide really so we were uh we were backstage at that show and um Eric Singer was they they had they had like a program for the the show, and there was a picture in there of uh, I don't know if you guys can remember it from the magazine Kerrang, uh, yeah. Pepsi Tate and a girl called Lisa Dominique, yeah. uh, advertising the Kerrang t-shirts they were, 
And this disappeared in Kerrang for months and months and months. Uh, anyway, this picture was in this, for some reason, was in this uh, booklet for this festival. Um, and uh, Eric Singer picked it up and he's looking through it. And he, he, comes, over, he comes over to us and he, and he says to uh, Kemoka, uh, I've met you before. I, I've met you guys. And Kemoka says, no, you haven't. <laughs> so, so Eric Singer is trying to convince Kemoka that he, he, they've met previously. Uh, so I'm listening to this conversation. I'm thinking, well, how, how would they have met? And he's saying, yeah, we've met before. We've had a conversation before. Uh, anyway, Kim Walker was adamant that they'd never met. And he is a massive, massive, massive Kiss fan. Okay. Uh, so anyway, uh, he, he said, we were talking about it after. And we were saying, what did, what did Eric say to you? you know? And he said, well, he, he was adamant that we'd met. And I've never met him. I'm sure I would remember meeting Eric Singer. And uh, Jay Pepper pipes up. He said, well, you have met him. Because he was... He was in Gary Moore's band right. when when we were we were at Chris Sangeridi's son's christening, and he, and they were they were there and he was there. So you just made a complete fool of yourself by saying you couldn't remember. <laughs> but uh, you know, so so I suppose Eric, you don't you always associate Eric Singer with Kiss. Of course, he, you've got to remember he played with a multitude of bands. Black you know? Sabbath, Leader Four. Yeah. yeah, he was he's been in a bunch of bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, so we played with Kiss at Kavita Sonique. Um, now their bodyguard who's, is Francis, his first name escapes me. Uh, but he wrote a book, and our manager, Mikey, oh, uh, what's his name? Yeah, Go ahead. I'm uh, look it yeah, so he wrote a book, and uh, because he, he managed, he was a bodyguard for Cher, Kiss, and Bon Jovi. Uh, you read the book, uh, read it, it's great. So, uh, but I was our, our manager. Um, <coughs> Are you okay there, Preston? Yeah, um, man. <laughs> our manager recognized him, and he said, oh, I read your book. Fantastic. So from that point, he took us under his wing. He said, come on, whatever you guys want, come with me. So he took us literally in the inner sanctum, the kiss in the sanctum. We saw the, the Superman curtain. We were there. We dealt with all of them. Wow. And, we, and we, he actually led us. He said, where do, you want, where do you want to watch the band? So he gave us loads of picks, uh, plectrums, and everything. He said, where do you want to watch the band? So... We said, well, where can we watch the band? He said, well, what about the tower? You know, Paul Stanley goes across the zip line to the tower. Yeah. So I, we were like, really? We could go up there? And he said, yeah, come on. So we walked around the stage, up the middle where they separate the crowd, up the middle, just before they came on, this is, up to the tower, uh, and the video crew and the, the zip line crew were in there. And they were like, wow, no, one, no one's ever allowed in here. No one ever comes in here. And he said, they... they we, they had fridges with riders and beer and everything. So they, they, they and they, they said, we never touch it. So go help yourself. So we had all the stuff. Um, and it was because of Mr. Fra Mr. Francis or Francis something. I can't remember his name. Was it Danny uh, Francis? No, not Danny Francis. Michael, Michael Francis. Yes, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. Lovely guy. Um, I, I, strangely, I met him after on the cruise and different things, but I never really got to have a, a decent word with him but he really looked after us for that show but we also played with Ace Frehley in the UK we did a tour we did an Ace Frehley tour in the UK years after that um so we our connection with Kiss has been quite fortunate really because they're my favorite band of all time so wow. we've been very very lucky yeah definitely here but I've been yeah. since I saw the cover Destroyer the first time my cousin my older cousin had it and just put it in front of my face and then I was like this and then when I heard Detroit Rock City, the the, the opening and everything, as a five year old, I was hooked. 
five. Wow. Yeah, yeah well, uh, but uh, going, I sorry, I forgot the other part of your question. How do we get on the Kiss Cruise? Right. Was, was uh, yeah, we were, we were invited onto that because there's like a public vote thing, and uh, yeah. we were somehow added to that vote. And we had we 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 were by far the most requested band. So um, oh, wow. we were approached to do it, um, and uh, of course we it was just a, a phenomenal phenomenal experience again to be uh, with the band and to hang out with them and to sort of see them. But we did uh, they do a sail away show and we had to pick two Kiss songs to do, and of course they everyone everyone was they were like yeah we need to do Detroit Strutter. I said no we don't. Don't, we don't want to do those. Yeah, Everyone would want to do that. those. Well, we did um, uh, I from The Elder. Yeah. And, uh, I've watched that. Did, uh, yeah, which is on YouTube. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because I did it I did it in the Eric. I dressed up as Eric and did it as Eric. My little, my little oh, homage. I got, to watch, I got to watch that. Yeah, yeah. it's there. It's there. And uh, we did, I think it was Flaming Youth was the other song we did. Deep Cuts. That's what I yeah. like. Deep yeah. Cuts. So... Oh, actually, no, I'm lying to you. I've lied to you there. Apologies, take it back. We did A Million to One was the other song. Oh, very good. Wow. That, I have not that, seen that one yet. One of, one of my favorite songs, A Million to One. It's actually, no no one, I've never seen a video of it, but uh, we, we that was just fantastically awesome, you know. Um, I tried to sing it because I, I think I'm a bit of a singer as well in my dreams, you know. So um, <laughs> when that came out, uh, and of course I, I always grew up singing that song, one of my favorite Kiss songs. So yeah, Kiss Cruise was just a phenomenal experience. I've been on the cruise myself uh, since then, um, and I, it's just great to be with family there. I've got friends in Norway um, and Europe that uh, we all meet up. You know, so yeah, brilliant. So before we go to another question, person, I've got to ask him this, and since he's a diehard Kiss fan like we are, <laughs> cool. And and this could change by the week for me. What is your favorite Kiss song of all time? Oh wow, that's such a difficult question. It's like asking for your favorite your favorite child, isn't it? <laughs> yep. <laughs> definitely, definitely. It's well, tough to pick. I've got one that I've stuck with for a while. That tell me yours. I'll tell you mine. Okay, mine is Black Diamond. Okay, all right. Okay, yeah. so especially the live uh, version, the live one version. Yeah. Okay. So. My favorite album of all time is Paul Stanley's solo album. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I was fortunate enough to, to meet and play with Mike Jap, who co-wrote, I think, four of the tracks off that solo yeah. album. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, that was a dream come true to tell him that that was my favorite, favorite album of all time. He was like, really? <laughs> you know, why? why? But um, <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, so that, that's my favorite album of all time, Paul Stanley's solo album. Uh, but uh, favorite song, I don't know. I, I, I tend to go for the for the, the the deep cuts, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, make a beer and non make a beer. Probably, uh, I you know I love Just to Kill the album, and I love uh, you know um, Love All I Can and yeah. uh, Ladies in Waiting, all that kind of stuff. That, that's that's my favorite Kiss Kiss album is is Dress to Kill because it was the first Kiss album I bought, um, so it, it stuck with me. But um, it's a difficult one. I, I mean, I really like Keep Me Coming, you know, off Preachers. And, yeah. Uh, but, like, non-make-up non, non years, it's got to be probably a million to one. It's my, my favourite song. King of the Mountain is great. I mean, St Paul Stanley was on fire at that period. Yes, he, he was. It's a great song. King of the Mountain with that drum intro. Eric yeah. Carr on the drums. Oh, my gosh. 
And I know a lot of people yeah. don't like King of the Mountain, but it, I love it. Just for that drum intro alone, I'm, I was hooked when I when I put the cassette in and heard that. I was hooked after that. Shoot. I'm, I'm telling you, from from Creatures of the Night all the way up to Asylum, those albums were under so underrated, just masterpiece albums for me. I love those. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure that Eric was such an underrated drummer. You know, he oh, never got I the credit. Eric. I love never Eric. got the credit he was due. I mean, his double, his, his finesse on his double kicks was just uh, uh, unmatched, really. Um, just, it just it, it, absolutely amazing. But King of the Night and World, absolutely, uh, just the intro. You know, creatures intro, especially the live intro. You do that is just uh, fantastic. I played with their uh, Kiss tribute band for many, many years, like ten years. Oh, really? Um, what was the name of them? Yeah, Dressed to Kill. Look it up on YouTube. I'll look it up right yeah. now. Any, anything with Eric Carr is me. So um, if you look at if you look at uh, Dressed to Kill Glasgow, uh, there's the full show on there. Um, but yeah, have a look. Uh, I, I made I made my whole drum kit. You know, with the flashing logos on the front and the, the logo oh. at the back. I made all of that. I did all that. Um, so yeah, have a look at all that stuff. Right uh, there's loads of Dressed uh, to Kill. Were you in yeah. it? Uh, at the Robin in 2015? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's so that's me. Yeah. That's the full yeah. show. Yeah, that's on your YouTube yeah. channel. Okay. Yeah, there's loads of it on YouTube. But anything with Eric Carr is me. That was me, that was. So. Okay. I'll check it out. They, they, they're still going with, uh, they have a Peter Chris. They had a Peter Chris before me and a Peter Chris after me. But I wanted to do Eric because Eric was my era, you know. He was my. Yeah. Eric my is guy. like, Eric is like my second favorite right behind Ace. And then. And then it's it's funny because Ace is like the original member that I got number one. Then after that, it's Eric and Bruce. Yeah, and, yeah, and, cool. You know, then the rest of the, the originals. But now that we finished the kiss portion of the show, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Preston, you got you got another question for him? Well, um, I'm not sure if this is something that you you can you know want to talk about or whatever. But um, you know, I've I've always read that some, you know there was differences between the band and Kim hooker. And I was just wondering, you know, if one, if you can talk about what happened and two, is there still any, you know, kind of bad blood or anything like that between everybody? Okay. So, uh, Kim, uh, I was, I, I think, Kim, I think with all members of Tiger Tales, uh, that have sort of, uh, dropped, Dropped their colours, dropped their flags, and decided to leave the ranks. Um, I think the, mo the every member of the band throughout the years has done some fantastic work with the band, and they were the right people to be in that band at that moment in time. Um, and that that includes everybody. You know, I think the band the band uh, had its successes, and in some cases had its failures, maybe depending on the, the person that was in the band at the time. So. Sometimes, you know, but and I think uh, sometimes people don't they're not all pushing in the right direction. Pe people people can make it a band difficult to function rather than making a band function functionable, you know, so to be able to function to do things. Um, so I think with Kim Oka, it reached the point where he just uh, wasn't happy being in the band, you know, it's as simple as that. And the band wasn't functioning as a unit with him in the band. So, um, you know, I mean, there's no, there's been no contact with Kim 
you know, wh whenever we change a member or whenever something happens, people always, you always see these things on Facebook or bring Kamuka back or bring Stevie back or bring whoever back. But, um, and it's the same when you see Kiss posts about, yeah, bring Peter Chris back. We want to see Peter. Bring yeah. Ace, bring, hey, bring Ace back. But the truth of the matter is that the, the band is, Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons are at a level where the band functions better without the, those guys, you know, it's as simple as that. And, and every band is the same. No band wants to change a member. No band, no band wants to go through that. But I think the fact of the matter is that the band's been going so long. Kiss has been going so long. Every band's been going so long that it's inevitable that uh, something will change. And it's the same, you know. I mean, I, I don't have the same girlfriend I had 20 years ago, you know. It's just, you know what I mean? It's You don't wear the same clothes, do you? You know what I mean? It's it's inevitable the time moves on, move on, and people have different opinions about things. Uh, and um, I think we, we've been lucky with the lineup up until recently to keep it going, and it's been the right lineup. But again, we reached the cornerstone, a, cor a, <coughs> a junction in life where things had to change. So that was the reason came was gone. We lost Preston, I think. Yeah, we lost him for a second. He'll be, I'm sure he'll be. There he goes. He's back. Okay. All right, we lost you for a second. You there with us? You hear us? I don't know if it's me or what. I, I can hear you, but it's just, it's breaking up. You're back. Okay. Yeah, you're so, done. So with regards to Kim, there's no, there's been no contact with him. I think Kim is, um, he, he he's happy to be out of the band. He did his own band for a while, but I think some, I always think of some people in bands, they're either, they're either drivers, so they sit in the driver's seat, or they're passengers, you know, and and the, the ones that fall away are generally the passengers, aren't they? So you know, I I've always seen myself as a driver, even though I'm I don't control Tiger Tails, but I'm in the front seat there, you know, chipping in and giving my 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 worth, and I don't do things that are detrimental to the run of the band. I hope so, uh, but it's just people change. You reach that point where they they don't want to go on, and I think Kim was one of those people, really. All right. Speaking speaking of new members, you guys just recently got a new singer. Uh, yeah. Just Ashley Edison. Yeah. Well, well, tell us a little bit about Ashley, and tell us a little bit about you know you just redid uh, Six Sex, and and let him take the lead vocals on that. Just to yeah. show, I guess to show that he's got he's got the chops for it. Tell us a little bit about uh, Ashley. Okay, so Ashley comes from a completely different background and genre to the one that Tiger Tales belongs to. So when we when we were looking for a singer, we were, we had we were inundated by the people that I would have expected to want to be the singer in Tiger Tales. Strangely, um, so those people, and I think a lot of the fans or people who follow the band would have expected perhaps one or two of those people to be the next singer. Um, you know, so uh, we needed to be honest with ourselves, we needed to be honest with the band, and the, the we needed the songs to be performed at the best they could be performed, you know. And a band, the, the, the focal point of a band is the vocals, isn't it? The vocal and the singer. So, we in the past, I think we've compromised with regards to certain things. And we didn't feel that we wanted to compromise this time. We wanted to get the best thing that we could. Um, someone who was a, a team player and who absolutely wanted to put all their weight and efforts behind making Tiger Tales the best it can be. Um, so, we, yeah, Ashley was one of the people who 
reared uh, their heads up. He contacted us. And we were very, we were a bit reluctant uh, right up until the time when he sang. <laughs> because <laughs> because when he sang, it was undeniable. The vocal was undeniable. You know, I mean, if, if I'm not kidding. I mean, if I, I just thought, well, you know, if, if I am Maiden or Judas Priest or Queensryche wanted a singer yep. to sing those songs in the right key, in the right way, there, there he is, right there. His name is Ashley, yep. you know. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was just undeniable. As soon as you go in the studio, you know, we, we were all laughing at just the magnitude of the voice that came out of the guy. It was world class, and um, it's something that we deserved. So we, we, we gave him, a, we gave him a shot. He sang. I'll tell you a little story. Um, one of the, one of the songs we gave Ashley was uh, "Living Without You." Um, now, "Living Without You" was redone for Kim Hooker as a bit of a, as a test of his vocal ability uh, when Kim came into the band. Uh, what we said to, uh, what Jay said to Ashley, this is one of the songs we want you to sing. But Ashley, he learned the wrong version of the song. He learned the Kim Hooker al album version or EP version instead of the, the version that we do now. So the song starts with a keyboard intro. And it's a very every day. That's terrible vocal, but that's that's the kind of get the feel of it. Uh, so and actually sung it, and it, it was just incredible. I've got it on my phone. Uh, it's just like, wow, uh, this guy has sung this song in the key that it's meant to be sung in, um, and it's just blown me away. So yeah, there was a mistake on his part to learn the wrong version, but it was it did himself no end of credit by doing it that way. Um, so yeah. It was just phenomenal. So we we wanted to try. Obviously, we were very fearful of uh, Ashley's background coming into what the, the genre of the band that it is. Um, on the other hand, we felt that uh, we the band needed to move forward and be more um, contemporary, I guess, not only in sounds, but in the way the band looked. So we did some photos and uh, actually came through, you know, with spades. You look, you look absolutely the band, the look of the band. We look like a band going back to my point earlier. And he's done a fantastic job and he's a great guy. He's very well connected within the music industry. Um, he's managed to pull something, his enthusiasm to get things going, his pull some strings to get Tiger Tales, uh, some future things. Hopefully we can announce uh, going forward. So yeah, he's, he's a great team player got fantastic experience and not only that his voice is just absolutely world-class so yeah get it. speaking of uh you know with the with the new singer his range he's able to do um the vocabulary that tiger tales has direction um as tiger tales heaviest and blast as the two parameters what direction do you feel like the band's next album to one direction or the other, or will it be something completely different? Well, it's a great question, Preston. The, uh, I think we will all have different opinions on this because we all listen to different things and we all kind of have our own feelings about how Tiger Tail should be. But I think the reason, I mean, we did six acts with Ashley because not only uh, is it a is it a standout track from Berserk, it's a it's kind of a it's a benchmark song for the band. 
Yeah. Uh, and it pins our colours to the door with regards to what we're about and what Ashley can do. And it sort of introduced him to a, an audience familiar with the band, familiar with the song. Uh, but even if you weren't familiar with the band or familiar with the song, it's a great song. He's done a fantastic job of it. Yeah. Um, so moving forward from that, personally, I would like to, I would like everything that we do and we will do, will be a quality product. Uh, I think Jay has already got some record, recordings done uh, that he's, I mean, it's been a while since we did um, Blast. So being a creative type that uh, Jay is, he's always going to be, you know, thinking of songs and recording songs, demoing, making making demos of things. So uh, we've got, an, I think we've got enough there, if not nearly enough to sort of do an album um, of quality material. Uh, what that sounds like, I couldn't tell you because I've not heard any of it. Uh, so they, they, that's, that's my truth. Um, I would hope, personally, I like the heavier stuff. I think, um, you know, the Wasbones period stuff is is where we would sit better now, yeah. uh, contemporary-wise. Um, so I think, do uh, you know, Dirty Needles, which is a track, my favourite track to play live. Um, and I think, from my perspective and my perception, is Ashley's voice and the band would suit that material better than maybe Young Crazy stuff, you know. That's not to say we won't play anything from Young Crazy, we, we always will. Um, and it's always difficult because you're very constrained with um, oh, the performance time that you have to get the get as much crammed in there. Because we, because, I mean, lately, I mean, the recent albums, there's some fantastic stuff, Punching the Guts, you yep. know, um, One Life. I mean, there's some great songs, you know. Yeah, Shoe Collector, I like that. Yeah, so there's a lot of great material that we would love to play. And we have the opportunity to play it because we got the, we were able to perform at that level now uh, to do it justice. But um, personally, I'd like it to take a heavier slant, but we'll, yeah. we'll see on that one. We'll see. It'll, whatever it'll be and however it'll sound, it'll always be quality. I mean, yep, you, I agree with that. Yeah, you look at um, like Bloodsuckers off Blast. Uh, Very good. Or, or just for one night, you know. They're great, great tunes. I mean, would they sit on Berserk? Uh, probably not, but uh, probably a bit heavier. But uh, it doesn't matter. I think as long as we do a quality tune and release it yeah. as best we can, package it as best we can, and, you know, it, it'll, it'll get there. It'll be the right thing to do. Yeah. You took one of my questions there it was going to be what uh, one of your favorite song, what your favorite song to play live. You just answered that. So uh, needles, dirty needles. Yeah. yeah, absolutely fantastic track to play live. The intro was just well, you see, you can see people's hair blowing back when we start playing it. It's like a <laughs> it's like a hurricane that just slapped them in the face. Um, so yeah, you know, you it's just it just kills, just floors people, floors people. I've had people I've had people come up to me and say. I, I, even very uh, successful musicians and saying that that song uh, needles who, who who did that originally you know and it's like well it's our song and they said really <laughs> you wrote that song you know uh, yeah we did thank you <laughs> <laughs> anything you got Preston the only other uh, last thing I would have would be uh, just out of curiosity because you know obviously with my location the difficulty of me being able to see you guys live other than watching it on the internet. What, uh, what would a typical set song for song be like that you guys, uh, that you guys perform on a regular basis? Just me knowing all the songs. I just kind of wanted to hear what a set would be. 
Okay, well, um, we did. Um, I did find an old set list. Uh, I can't see it on my phone. But uh, the so what would we do? I mean, we we've got this gig in the underworld uh, in June, and it's it would be. I mean, we're playing all the berserk back to back. Uh, not necessarily in that order, but it'll be every song off it. Uh, with a few um, classics thrown in there, Living Without You and a few off the first album. So, I mean, it, when when we move away from that and we play so, play a set, a full set, yeah, uh, ourselves, yeah. it'll be it'll be mostly berserk because a band will play the most uh, requested and mo biggest selling songs. So, berserk being the biggest selling album uh, of uh, Tiger Tales, it'll be the set will be compromised. Uh, com you know, will be made uh of most of those songs uh off that album um we just try and play i i mean i always say let's just play the best songs you know let's just play our best songs and, and this is always an argument because sometimes or a discussion i should say uh, because you know I, I i think maybe there's some songs that are better than some songs from berserk you know so you know sh shouldn't we play those songs you know instead of, right. of the stuff from berserk um even though Berserk was the biggest selling album, it doesn't necessarily mean that uh, you know, for sake of argument, Dirty Needles is is uh, is not as good as Twist and Shake. You know, so it's a difficult one. It's really difficult. But yeah, I mean, Six Sacks, the opener, generally will be uh, right down to Love Bomb Baby, uh, Living Without You, and then we'll throw in a few, uh, you know, off uh, Wasbone maybe. Um, Dirty needles, but it's strange looking at the um, the Spotify Spotify listings and charts from the most popular songs. There's some songs in there from Berserk 2.0, like Do It Up, and yep. I, you know, Berserk 2.0 is one of my. It's probably my favorite actually. Tiger Tales record, and there's so many great songs on it. Um, yep. Yep. For Hate's Sake is one of my favorite Tiger Tales songs. Uh, Do It Up, you know, is on that list. Uh, yep. Second song, so. Who knows? We may we may decide to bring a few of those out, you know. So you, it's very it's like Kiss, isn't it? You've got such a vast back catalogue. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. saying, "No, oh, play almost human," you know. And they're like, "Well, <laughs> yeah. you know, almost if, human." If you play that song, no one will know it, you know. Yeah. I mean, every, every, course, you know, I'll know it. You'll know it. But the majority of who's there will know it. The diehards will know it. But yeah, the yeah. five percent of us yeah. will be out there like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my Bring god, he's back. playing all American man. Yes. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> yep. Love it. So uh yeah. So and it, that was funny about playing with Ace because you get the year like Rocket Ride and all those songs. It's like wow, oh, yeah. lovely songs, you know, hard times yeah. the yeah. song ever, you know. So yeah, you know, so it's very difficult as you can imagine. All those songs to choose to play to make people happy and choose the right songs. Oh. It's a minefield. Never you can never please everybody. So there we no. Go. No. Okay. So we're 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 not gonna take up too much more of your time, Mr. Blackout, but uh that's okay. It's been a pleasure. Just uh just gonna mention where you guys can be reached online. Of course, you got your Twitter and your Facebook, and then you've got your own website at Tiger Tales with a Z dot yeah. and that's got all the up I'm looking at it right now. Uh, that would tell you everything you want to know about what's going on with Tiger Tales. Any anywhere else they can find out anything about you guys? Yeah, so the website we've we've just we've recorded video, film, some content that uh, will be released on the on the website. Uh, 
uh, in the next well month or so, I guess. So it's um, it's great footage, very candid with the band. Um, so we've did, done a couple of interviews. Um, so you know, for for people to try and get them to reintroduce the band and re and introduce Ashley to the band. So look out for that right. on TigerTales.co.uk. Uh, Facebook page, yeah. So we got the, the the show in June at the Underworld in London coming up. Coming up. Um, maybe we can get it uh, videoed for a live stream, something like that. So maybe we can get um, some some interaction with people. Who unfortunately, can't be there in the venue. So uh, yeah, it's, it's a it's a great thing to do if we can. Yeah. So. <laughs> Don't wear your peacemaker t-shirt though. So that's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. Sorry. So. Uh, yeah, so yeah, all those things be considered. It's, there's lots of things coming up. The band is reborn, re-energized, and reinvigorated. So uh, hopefully we can stay in touch, come on again, have another chat, and uh, see where we go. Yeah, before before we go, I got. I think I've found. Maybe this is what you were talking about here. I'm gonna share it with you. Is that the picture you're talking about? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. So this was in Kerrang! Uh, from a long time, for a long, long time. Check and, that uh, big hair out there, boy. Yes, yeah. sir. <laughs> that's, that, is, I mean, that is 80s rock right there. Yeah, it is. is. Icon iconic. Um, absolutely iconic. I, don't, I wonder if they ever slept together. I wonder if they ever got into it. I don't know. But... Uh, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, she's, she's long gone. If I'm so, guessing. Yeah. I would probably say yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nope. This is a family program. What are you doing? No, knowing the body, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Mr. Blackout, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule today. Uh, Preston, hang around for us a few seconds, and we're going to talk to you a little bit more. But yep. uh, uh, thank you so much, guys. That is Matthew Blackout from Tiger Tales. Yeah, it's an absolute honor. Uh, I'm on Facebook, so you can join me personally on Facebook and check me out and my stuff. Um, but yeah, thanks again for having me, guys. Keep up the uh, you know the good work with regards to Tiger Tales. We're honored for you guys to have us on, and uh, great to speak to you. And hopefully, we'll come back and we'll have an update Thank you, at sir. some point. Thank you, sir. Kiss rule. Yes. <laughs>